You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey. We are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? I am, Dave, but I see a signpost up ahead and I can't quite read what it says. Uh, Casey, that's the signpost up ahead. Yes, your next stop, the Trend Zone. And it is Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Happy New Year's, folks. First show of the new year. We're coming at you from Los Angeles, California, as always. And it is a relatively cold but beautiful 61 degrees here in Santa Monica. Dave, after the rain comes and the, the skies open up, there is no place more beautiful than Los Angeles. Yeah, it is lovely. The rains have cleaned it up out there, and it is absolutely phenomenal right now. In today's episode, uh, folks, we will talk about good news for spring football, NFL's favorite players, and all of the awesome games coming up this week in the NFL. But before we get to all that, Casey, get it started for the people with a nug. New year, new me. Not really. I got a ton of nugs in my pocket, and I'm here to <laughs> distribute them. 20 teams remain in Super Bowl contention day. That is Crazy. tied for the most with one week remaining in the season over the last, oh, 41 years. You still got a chance. Five playoff bursts remain wow. open. Four division crowns still undecided. Wow. For the 14th year, all 16 games are divisional, which is beautiful, yeah. which is giving us everything we want on Sunday. 109, Dave, that is the amount of games decided by six or fewer points this year. I thought you were going to say that's the number of games the Chargers lost by six or fewer points. (laughs) But that's just what it feels like. (laughs) Thank God they only play 17 a year, Dave. (laughs) And in four straight seasons, the NFL team has rebounded to clinch a playoff berth after beginning with three or fewer wins. In the first nine games last year, it was the Shags, baby. This year, it's our Los Angeles Rams. And Dave, we talked about worst of first. The dream is still alive for the Falcons, the Texans, and the Saints. If they win and everything goes their way Sunday, they could do just that. Pretty impressive, pretty competitive, and totally awesome. Yeah, and in fact, during that time period where all of those teams are making those worst to first Casey a couple of times teams actually went all the way to win the Super Bowl so uh it's not too late Atlanta Houston and New Orleans you've got a chance you're telling me there's a chance (laughs) the trend zone now available for subscription Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Amazon Music wherever you get your podcasts please folks go ahead and subscribe right now dave i'm gonna put an offer out there real quick anybody that subscribes today gets it for free free of charge folks you cannot beat that okay all right let's move on to the top trending stories casey uh as football junkies we're particularly stoked about this (laughs) next story completely stoked dude the xfl and the usfl are gonna do a meld and merge together to create the ufl 
Does that mean our fantasy league will have to get a new name? <laughs> I don't know. We are the <laughs> ultimate fantasy league here in the UFL. So. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Who's the champ of the ultimate fantasy for 2020? Oh, that would be Foul Boys. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Your, be- your best move, me benching Goff in a critical playoff game. <laughs> yeah, but hey, I got in at 7-7. Seven and seven. Just yeah. got to get into the tournament. That's what it's all about. And once you're in, anything can happen. But we're here to talk some UFL of the other varietal eight-team league. It's going to start on March 30th. And um, it's taken four teams from the USFL, four teams from the XFL. We're talking the Birmingham Stallions, Arlington Renegades, Bobby Stoops and Arlington Renegades, um, Houston Roughnecks, Memphis Showboats, Michigan Panthers, D.C. Defenders, San Antonio Brahmas, and the St. Louis Battlehawks. Not sure um, what set of rules they're going to use for this because the leagues were a little bit different. But, Dave, what this does guarantee is spring football is here to stay. We saw the investment from ESPN into the XFL last year. You actually saw them reporting on it Mm -hmm. and giving us all the games. We'll get even more of that. And you can't have too many quarterbacks, and you can't have too many offensive linemen. And that's what this league is best at doing. And also, let's not forget, officials need, uh, you know, grooming too, obviously. Uh, do they? <laughs> you know what, though, Casey? The the merger of these two leagues mean we're going down, actually, from technically 16 spring teams to only eight. And that only means good things about the actual talent that will yeah. be assembled on each of the eight teams. It will be substantially uh, you know, tougher to make those squads, and hopefully we'll see higher quality of play as a result. And you, you've seen it firsthand. Parham, your tight end with the Chargers, we've seen him in the games. Um, Cavante Turpin and Turpin Brandon Tower. Aubrey for my um, Cowboys, obviously major contributors. Aubrey looking for a Pro Bowl. Turpin with the Pro Bowl last year. There's talent in this league, and maybe they just need a little more coaching or game time to get the skills up to the NFL. It's a win for everybody, dude. Huge, huge. All right. So some huge losses, unfortunately, uh, around the NFL, Casey, uh, in the injury bug keeps on nibbling. Yeah, especially down in Southie, dude. Unfortunately, the Dolphins lose edge rusher Bradley Chubb. Torn ACL. Fourth quarter of that blowout loss to the Ravens. Um, You know, there's two schools of thought in here. Why is your one of your best players in a game that's a blowout? The other is this guy's making a ton of money. You know, I'm sure he wanted to be in the game. These guys don't want to sit out when the game's out of hand. So just unfortunate, dude. 11 sacks, 11 TFLs, 22 QB hits, and he was leading the league in forced fumbles with six. So um, total bummer. You match that up with Jalen Phillips. Now both of the edge rushers for the Dolphins out of there create some more opportunity for Van Ginkle. But Van Ginkle is not a chub, dude. Nope. No doubt about it. He wasn't the only one, Case. A couple other uh, stories to report here in the negative injury category. Yeah, Nefe Sewell, the Saints linebacker, he's going to miss the rest of the season with the ACL. And Jags wide receiver slash returnman Jamal Agnew, he suffered a lower leg fracture. He's going to be out for the season. And then Cardinals left tackle DJ Humphreys tore his ACL last week in that upset win over the Eagles. Just sucks for these guys. So late in the season, just one week left for some of them to go down, probably missing most of next year. Yeah, that's the most important part for, I mean, certainly not every one of these guys is heading towards the playoffs and everything, but uh, just losing 
uh, all that uh, the entire off season is rehab now and missing the beginning of next year, etc. It's a shame for these guys. All right, Casey, the NFL has no Pro Bowl anymore, but they have the Pro Bowl games, <laughs> and we still get to vote on who gets to go to those and who gets the accolades. Yeah, the top five vote getters right now: Brock Purdy for the Niners. He's got over four hundred fifty thousand votes. Followed up by teammate CMC, um, followed by Tua, what happened to her, and then followed by George Kittle. I'm seeing a theme here with these 49ers, followed up by Travis Kelsey. Where are the Swifties, Dave? Travis Kelsey with only 327,000 votes. Don't I mean, they come realize on. it's a voting? It, it, it's, a, it's a popularity contest? <laughs> Tay-Tay needs to get on social media and blast her <laughs> Swifties. Get my man Travis in there calling all Swifties <laughs> Time to show up. It's not too late. They're going to announce the teams. I believe this evening, Casey, that will be January 3rd, uh, Wednesday evening. So we're not that far away. Swifties get on it. There's still time. All right, Casey, moving it along into the game previews this week. It is the final week of the NFL season. It is week 18. Wait, what week is it? Well, it's week 18, Casey. The final week, week 18. Of, yes, sir. The final week of the season. That is correct. For it slipped reasons. away, Dave. <laughs> it, it's gone. It, it is slipping away. Uh, there are still, as we mentioned, 20 teams uh, sort of trying to air claw on their way, trying to find out who's going to make it into the playoffs. And um, the these weekend's games are going to give us a lot of information and set the whole lineup for the playoffs. It's going to be a lot of fun. Get it going, Dave. All right, let's get started, Casey. It is, in fact, just about slipped away. A handful of days left. Uh, we're going to start on Saturday football. Amen, NFL. You've given us some Saturday football again last week. Worked out pretty well for the Saturday football. Uh, we have got here to start things off Saturday in the early slot. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. Steelers on the road are favored by three and a half. Yeah, the Ravens locked up that first round by and home field advantage throughout. Lamar most likely locked up the MVP with that beatdown of the Finns last week. So Oof. we're not going to see Lamar on Sunday or many of the Ravens starters at all. Um, the Steelers, though, they are not dead, but they do need help. They need to win on Saturday and hope either the Bills or the Jags lose. There's a couple more complicated and highly unlikely scenarios, but it's going to be Mason Rudolph leading these Steelers into this game. And with not much on the line, for the Ravens and how the Steelers have been playing, chances are they're going to have life, dude. Yeah, this is the week with all the wacky point spreads that you don't necessarily expect to see until you find out who's playing and who's not playing. Uh, and that's the case in this game. Casey, a real quick digression, if I may. We forgot sure. to pour one out if we could oh, yeah. um, for a handful of teams that were eliminated this week. It was the Las Vegas Raiders, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Denver Broncos, and the Chicago Bears joining the teams that were previously eliminated. But like we said, still a crap load of teams left. All right, Casey, but uh, forgot to do that. A little, little housekeeping there. That's uh, right. Thought we'd uh, pay tribute to those four teams that uh, their seasons ended last week. Did, did you even get to say goodbye to the Raiders, Dave? They, they, just, they, they were gone like that. <laughs> Well, Dave, two teams that are not gone, Yeah, the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. The Texans are one-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. This is a rematch from Week 2 when the Colts beat those Texans in Houston 31-24. and 
to 20. Dave, this is also a playoff game. Win and you are in. But with the Jags loss, one of these teams wins the AFC South and hosts a playoff game. Yeah, Indy coming off that 23 to 20 win over the previously mentioned Raiders. That brings their record to nine and seven. They are currently the seven seed and currently in the playoffs. But as you mentioned, obviously a lot left to be decided here uh, with the win they are in as the wild card. And if they win and Jacksonville loses at Tennessee, then they would win the AFC South. So back in October, uh, they lost three in a row and dropped to three and five at that point. And it seemed like they were going to be out of it, basically. But then they won four straight and six out of eight. And with Minshew at the helm, dude, you never know how far the magic of the mustache will take them. It's very, very intriguing. Fun team. Flip it over to these Texans, dude. C.J. Stroud will be the offensive rookie of the year. And he has these Texans way ahead of schedule. Dave, do you know where C.J. Stroud played high school football? I'm oh. California, modern day. Rancho Cucamonga, react. <laughs> react. <laughs> Are there no phone lines in Rancho Cucamonga? Stroud was awesome there. He was also awesome at Ohio State, and he's been awesome with the Texan. He yeah. leads the fourth best pass game in the NFL, almost 275 a game, 21 TDs to just five interceptions, dude. Can wow. these Texans get enough from their run game to complement that pass? And keep that Colts defense honest. The Colts have not been very good against the run, but the Texans are rushing for less than 100 yards on the ground. They're going to need more of that on Saturday night. Defensively, these Texans are very good against the run. And Minshew is kind of a gunslinger. Can they slow JT down and force Minshew into some bad decisions? We're going to find out on Saturday night. These are very similar teams. Yeah, It's going to come down to a mistake. Which team is going to make it? But then they just moving forward, if all goes well, this is going to be an awesome rivalry. C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson doing battle for the next 10 to 15 years. But for now, a win is a guaranteed ticket into the postseason. And rookie head coaches there with Rico, uh, D'Amico Ryans, rather, and Shane Steichen there. So you've got Mm -hmm. that going, too, for both these franchises seem to have selected well uh, in the offseason guys to lead these teams. So both exciting, exciting football teams. One of the more exciting football games of the entire weekend. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's move it along to Sunday in the early action, Casey. We'll start things off with the Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are at home favored by six. Yeah, and those Bengals are dead. They currently have the 16th pick in the 2024 draft, which is kind of brutal when you're already out of the playoffs and you're right there in the midway point of the first round. They might move a little bit, but these Brownies, they're locked into the five seed and they play whoever wins the AFC South. So that's either the Jags, Texans, or Colts. Brownies are going to rest Joe Flacco and others there. And dude, this team has played, we'll get more into this next week for the playoffs, but this is the fourth and maybe fifth quarterback we're going to see out of the Browns yeah. on a Sunday. And with all the players they've lost, they're sitting there in a playoff spot. Pretty damn cool, man. Yeah. And uh, Flacco, like you said, gets to take a nap maybe like he did last week on the sidelines there. It's kind of nice getting that rest in, right? When you're yeah, Pop Pop has to you know, get a little shut eye on those late <laughs> games. Can't make it. <laughs> Oh, man, that is good stuff. All right, Dave, up next we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. 
And the Lions are three point favorites. Better than being three point favorites is better than going for two. <laughs> Vikings, Casey, started off 0 and 3. Uh, this year and strung together a five game streak in the middle of the season that got him back in the mix. Unfortunately, during that uh, five game streak, Kirk Cousins blew his Achilles and the mm -hmm. Vikings ultimately couldn't get consistent uh, play out of the quarterback position to make a legitimate playoff run. Lately, they've lost three straight to drop to seven and nine. That being said, they still are alive and make the playoffs with a win and losses by Green Bay and Seattle and uh, either Tampa Bay or New Orleans. So they need a trifecta of losses, two different, uh, you know, possibilities there. They would sneak in. Um, head, head coach Kevin O'Connell announced at Wednesday's press conference, it will be Nick Mullins to get the start. Uh, and he sort of does give them, I think, their best chance to win, even though he's turned the ball over a hand handful of times. He has a lot, a lot of experience, obviously, compared to Jaron Hall. Detroit lost last week, 20 to 19 on that controversial call that negated a two-point conversion that would have won the game at Dallas. They've locked up the NFC North division title, though, uh, their first since 1993. And with an 11-5 record, they are currently the three-seed. Uh, they could get the two-seed, I believe, with a win and a Dallas loss to Washington. I'm not 100% sure on that, but it seems like you could map that out. And uh, ever since Dan Campbell's introductory press conference, Casey, this team has been uh, – you know, an exciting football team. There's just one of the teams that most people are kind of rooting for as that other team that they're they're kind of hoping does well. Uh, maybe they'll even get their first wild card win ever. They have actually never won a wild card game. Wow. Um, and they're the only team in the NFL to have never won a wild card <laughs> game. Uh, and their first playoff game, if they can get this win, uh, would be their first playoff win since 1991. Yeah, Detroit. Um, galvanizing moment last week. In Dallas, I have my own thoughts on that, but um, still stoked with the Lions story this year. Yeah. And as long as it doesn't come in way of Dallas, I'm yeah, I'm when they play their game and going. they're clicking, it's a lot of fun to, to watch them go, you know. So, um, you know, we'll that aggression is two sides to it you don't go for a field goal when you have an opportunity for points. You know, down there in the red zone, that comes back to Kasia, but you go for the fake punt and it works. But going for the two-pointer three straight times at the end of the game seems like you're doing a rage call down there. Yeah, the last one uh, I just have to disagree with. You know, they had they should have just said, okay, we tried, and now let's get the single and, and try again in overtime uh, rather than just keep going at it there. But uh, Campbell, that has been his MO this year. Mm -hmm. He has been the, the, the coach that goes for it the most. So... Um, that's what got you there. So yeah. Intense dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Up next, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans Jags on the road favored by five. Yeah. The Titans have lost three in a row and currently have the seventh pick in the upcoming draft. It's simple for these Jags win and you're in. Yeah. And that would also make them AFC South champs. Now, if the Steelers win on Saturday, that pretty much kills any backdoor path. For the Jags, if they lose at Tennessee, if the mm. Steelers do lose on Saturday and the Broncos lose on Sunday, the Jags could still sneak in with a loss, but go out there and beat a broken Tennessee team. Take that, bring a game to Duval and do what you're supposed to do. Think Christian Kirk might be back for this one too. If not this week, he should be back for the playoffs. Um, that would come in handy, especially with Agnew going down. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville 
just needs to clean it up a little bit. And then, you know, they it's wide open. The playoffs are wide open. Yeah, if they get like we know, just getting in is the key. And and obviously, if they could get Ridley back, if not this week, then obviously you'd hope that he'd be ready to go for the playoffs. Uh, this was a team that was cranking uh, midseason and then just hit sort of a, a detour detour along the way. And uh, obviously, the the health of of the quarterback also coming yeah. into into play here with the concussion issue and then the shoulder issue as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm sure Lawrence is going to play. But if not, C.J. Bedford, one of the better uh, backup QBs in the league. But they want they want Trev out there doing his thing. Hell yeah. All right, Dave, up next. The game with zero playoff ramifications. It's the New York Jets at the New England Patriots. And the Patriots are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Yeah, that's right. Give me about 15, 20 minutes of your time, folks, and I'll get you right through this one. Just kidding. Both these teams are eliminated from the playoffs and playing for pride and draft pick positioning, of course. The Jets offseason was uh, – the Jets season, rather, was derailed four plays into it when Rodgers got hurt. And at 6-10, and 10, they are currently picking eighth in the draft. Robert Sala is likely to be retaining his head coaching position to see what they can do with a healthy quarterback next year. Uh, the Jets will start uh, quarterback Trevor Simeon in Sunday's uh, finale here against the Patriots. The Patriots, on the other side, like the Jets, suffered from poor quarterback play this year. And they're having the worst season in Belichick's 24 years as head coach of New England. And also including five years that he was head coach of Cleveland. So he's having his worst season ever in terms of win-loss percentage. They're currently set to pick third in the draft. Will Belichick still be calling the shots next season? We're in the dark on that one at this point in time. Yeah, and that's a big sticking point. You know, they're, he was known as his draft guru. It's not really played out that way the last few years. If they can find an amicable way to split, maybe it actually does happen this year, which would be crazy. But, you know, yeah. he wouldn't be the first Super Bowl winning coach to get fired. Maybe the first Super Bowl winning coach of six Super Bowls, but not just yeah. one. I mean, I would think that there's some, there is some talk about training him. I think that's garbage. You just let him go. Uh, and then from his perspective, does he really want to start fresh somewhere else at this point? You know, knowing how he's one of the older coaches in the in the league. So it's a lot. And what other team is going to give him, you know, ability to uh, shop for the groceries per se if he goes to a new team i don't know that that will be on the table anywhere yeah not not with the track record i think that he's mm -hmm. uh, given uh showed there so all right up next it is the atlanta falcons at the new orleans saints and this is a rematch from week 12 falcons won that game 24 to 15 both of these teams, Dave, are huge Panther fans on Sunday. The Falcons <laughs> can only get into the playoffs with a win over the Saints and a Bucks loss. So how do they beat the Saints? That's an even bigger question with the uncertainty at quarterback. Taylor Heineke is still dealing with an ankle injury, and we might not know right up until game time if he will be able to go. And if not, it will be Desmond Ritter has shown flashes but has been way too mistake-prone so much so that the Falcons will most likely be shopping for a new quarterback and possibly a new head coach this offseason. But there is at least one game until then. Ritter, 11 interceptions, six lost fumbles this year. That's 16 turnovers to just 15 touchdowns. You can't win in the NFL when you turn the ball over. They're not so good at passing, but they are pretty good at rushing. The more Bijan and Tyler Algier can do, 
the better the Falcons do. Defensively, top 10 in most categories, but they don't sack the quarterback often and they don't create many turnovers. And they give the ball away a lot. Oh, by the way, these Falcons, just two and six on the road. They say on any given Sunday, I just don't think this Sunday is that Sunday for the Falcons. We shall see. We shall see. The Saints defense is uh, is a pretty strong unit. Uh, so at home, they got to get their jobs done. But let's talk Saints coming off that win last week uh, that kept them alive heading into the final week of games here, beating the Bucks 23-13. to 13. At one point, the Saints were 5-4. and four feeling pretty good about themselves, but have since gone just three and four to even things up at eight and eight. And unfortunately they lose the tiebreaker to the bucks and need not only to win this game, but to get some help too. They need the win and a Tampa Bay loss to Carolina and they would win the division. They can also get in as a wild card with a win and Seattle and green Bay losses. So a couple of different angles there for this Saints squad, but all of them include them winning this game. So they got to go out there, take care of the football. Like you're talking about the turnovers in this one is probably going to determine it. Uh, these teams are closely matched, but Saints at home should hold an edge again with that strong defense. Yeah, and with the Seahawks playing at Arizona and the Packers hosting the Bears, kinky things have definitely happened, but yep. they got to handle their biz first. Yep. All right, Dave, up next, it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers, and the Bucs are five-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Yeah, the Bucs are 8-8 eight and eight and in first place in the NFC South, despite losing last week to New Orleans, as I just mentioned, 23-13. to 13. The two teams split the season matchups, and Tampa Bay is ahead of New Orleans based on their record in common games. So this one's uh, down the list a little bit. It's 7-4 and four versus 5-6. and six in common games, uh, so teams played in common. Uh, before last week's loss to the Bucs, uh, the Bucs had won four straight, though, to put themselves in position to make the playoffs, and Baker Mayfield had been playing some really good football uh, during that stretch. Carolina was the first team to be eliminated from the playoffs this year and have, an, have had an unmitigated disaster of a season, from the struggles of rookie quarterback Bryce Young to the firing of head coach Frank Reich to owner David Tepper tossing his drink on unsuspecting Jaguars fans, right? Jackass. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Bless you. Oh. The Panthers have had six consecutive losing seasons since Tepper paid $2.75 billion to acquire them. And uh, he has fired three head coaches in season since 2019. Oh, and they don't get the top pick in the draft that comes along with earning the worst record in the league. That goes to the Bears because of last year's trade. Uh, this game could... Uh, should be a solid opportunity, really, for the Bucks team to get back on track uh, and get winning heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how the Panthers rise up to beat these Bucks. Bucks looked bad last week, but knowing what's on the line, so much veteran leadership on that uh, team, they should go out there and handle these Panthers. Even on the it road. would have, it would have to be an, an unbelievable implosion from the Bucks mm -hmm. with everything on the line, like it is uh, high, highly unlikely. All right, yeah. Casey, let's move it along to the um, later set of games, starting things out with the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. And, dude, we have to wait to week 18 to finally get seven afternoon games. Come yeah. on, spread it out a little bit. I'm sick of nine, ten games in the morning, and then three afternoon games. Yeah. NFL, give us more afternoon games. Please. But, yeah, let's talk about these Bears and Packers. The Bears currently have that number one overall pick that you just mentioned that they get from Carolina. 
and their own pick right now would be the 10th in uh, the upcoming draft. If the Packers win, they are in. If the Pack lose, they need a bunch of teams to lose. Now, these Bears have won two in a row, and Justin Fields is out to prove he is the Bear to build around. It's a little play on Build-A-Bear, Dave. Anyways, <laughs> how much would Bear fan love to emancipate themselves from the ownership of the Packers by beating those jerks on the road and knocking them out of playoff contention? Be that sweet, would be, wouldn't it? It would be pretty sweet. No question about it. love that. <laughs> All right, Dave, up next, we have the Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, and both these teams eliminated from the playoffs and playing for pride and draft positioning. The 8-8 eight and eight Broncos started the season 1-6 and six and then rattled off five straight wins, only to lose three of the next five and be eliminated. They have their head coach, but at what cost? Sean Payton was traded from the Saints to the Broncos for two draft picks, a 2023 first and a 2024 second, and the Saints sent back a 2024 third. So they swapped picks, basically. So uh, the Broncos have two thirds and no second in this year's uh, upcoming draft. But now they have no quarterback. And as uh, Russell Wilson will be gone next year, that is going to cost them $39 million to make him go away against the cap. And by the way, the Broncos sent five draft picks, two of them first rounders, and three players to Seattle for Wilson and a fourth rounder back. Ouch. So on the positive note, they do currently have the 14th pick in the draft, but wow. Did this whole deal with the two player, with the player and the coach cost them a ton of draft capital. The seven and nine Raiders fixed one mistake by firing head coach, Josh McDaniels and the GM earlier this year. Next up was the bench Veteran quarterback Jimmy G for rookie Aiden O'Connell. Is he the long-term answer at quarterback, though? Interim head coach Antonio Pierce. Is he the right man going forward to head coach this team? Plenty of questions between two, these two teams heading into the final week and into the offseason. And on a positive note, they do have the 11th pick currently in next year's draft. Yeah, and also be very interesting to see what happens with Josh Jacobs moving forward. That's um, correct. Free he's agent. Be a free agent. He would like to stay a Raider, but I think he wants to know what their plan is and who the head coach will be. I think if up Pierce gets that job, you probably see Jacobs taking a deal there. Agreed. Okay, moving it along. It is the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. The Philadelphia Eagles are favored by five in this one. Yeah, the Giants are dead and are one of three, five, and eleven teams. They currently have the fifth overall pick in next year's draft. So I don't know that they are too interested in winning this game, although they played a hell of a game last week against the Rams. So making life harder for the Eagles might um, justify moving down a couple of Motivating, right. Yeah. Um, it feels like these Eagles are imploding, but with a win, Philly could still end the regular season as NFC East champs and the two seed. But if Dallas beats the Durs, win or lose, the Eagles will be the five seed. But – uh just feels like, you know, it's ill vibes there in Philadelphia right now. Can they turn it on? We'll find out. Maybe not this week, but playoff time. Yeah. It's just as, this is the time of year where you want to be rounding into shape, kind of playing your best football. And it feels like the Eagles did that a long time ago, and they need to find it and find it fast. And this Giants team, they could be just that feisty group that 
punks them one more time on the way to the playoffs. And this Eagles team was playing great defense, and that is not the case this last month of the season. And I don't know if they can get it fixed in just a matter of two weeks. So many questions, Casey. We'll have the answers this Sunday, though. Up next, the Seattle Seahawks on the road at Arizona playing a feisty Cardinals team. Seahawks are favored by three. Yeah, the Cards looking to play spoiler as they did last week, beating those Eagles. Kyler, my dude, baby. Yes, Sooner and Eagle. Killer of Eagles, that is. Um, (laughs) The Cards currently have the fourth overall pick, and even with a win, can do no worse than the seventh pick. That is motivation for that team. And uh, Gannon there is an intense cat. I cannot imagine that these Cardinals are not going to come out ready to play football. And they could spoil a division uh, mate's playoff dreams too. And speaking of division mates, after losing to the Steelers at home last week, these Seahawks, they don't only need to win. They need to get some help. They need to beat these Cardinals and have the Packers lose. There will be lots of scoreboard watching going on, not only here, but around the league. Big game, bird battle. Big game, big bird bath right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, this Cardinal team, they are playing to win. You know, that Kyler's playing to show that he's the man. Gannon's first season as head coach there. They're going out and they're going to give it 100%. And the Seahawks, they sort at one point, they were the team. That looked like, hey, these guys are, you know, getting it done. And then that, I think I had a four-game losing streak there. And it just just took all the life out of them, really. And so I don't even know. Even if they get this win, they like you said, they still need some magic to happen. Absolutely. All right, Dave. Up next is the Kansas City Chiefs at Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers, three-point favorites in this one. Yeah. Okay. The 10 and 6 Chiefs come come off a 25 to 17 win over the Bengals. Uh, and have clinched the AFC West. They are locked into the three seed. Uh, The Chiefs offense has struggled this season, and the team has not won two straight games since week six and seven. Isn't that crazy? Just alternating wins and losses, except there were two losses in there in a row. The defense, though, has been great. Uh, They're second in yards and third in points. So Spags has really got a championship caliber defense there. And all they need to do on offense is string together a handful of drives, basically. uh, And they're in good shapes. seems like if they get to 21, they're they're pretty much positioned to win the football game. All right. The Chargers season has been an unmitigated disaster. Now at 5-11 and and losing six games by three points or less. No team can claim to have underachieved like the Chargers. At one point, the team was four and four and seemed close, only to lose seven of the next eight. The injury that ended Justin Herbert's season effectively ended the Chargers season and the tenure of head coach Brandon Staley and general manager Tom Telesco. The roster needs an overhaul at this point in time, as the cap is a mess heading into next year. At least they have the quarterback in place, and currently they do hold the number six pick in the draft. They need to find the right people at GM and head coach to point this team in the right direction and build around Justin Herbert. Yeah, and that probably means Kellen Moore will not be out of there. I would think that this team would go with an offensive-minded head coach, but yes. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Lots of pieces to build around. There are lots of interest with the Chargers. You mentioned Justin Herbert there. So it is going to be 
a very choice gig and there is a coach from a blue and yellow team <laughs> in the talks to be a coach of a blue and yellow team so we shall, we shall see. see dave let's go ahead and keep this in los angeles we have the los angeles rams at the san francisco 49ers and the niners are three-point favorites in this game Yep, and the Rams and 49ers are both in the playoffs at 12-4. and four, The 49ers have won seven of the last eight and have locked up the top seed in the NFC home field and the bye. Now they have to decide how to handle a game that does not impact their postseason at all as long as people stay healthy. How many players will be held out to prevent the injuries or get that much-needed rest? How important is momentum heading into the bye week for these guys? Because now they have a game that doesn't count and the bye so the next game that counts for them is ways away. 49ers have already ruled out Christian McCaffrey in this one. More on those those situations later. The nine and seven Rams, they've won six of their last seven and clinched a playoff berth. They're currently the sixth seed, but a loss combined with a Green Bay win, and they would fall to the seventh seed because they lost the head-to-head to Green Bay. Uh, McVay has been one of the coaches that seems to be uh, most willing to rest players uh, heading into um, a meaningless game like this. A couple of fifth round picks though, Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams have been workhorses for the Rams. Mm -hmm. Puka needs just four catches and 29 yards to break records for most receptions by a rookie and most yards by a rookie ever. So something to be thought about there. Those guys have got a ton of wear and tear on them this season, but maybe keep them in for a couple of plays, dial it up and get them there. Uh, it is overall going to be Sam Darnold versus Carson Wentz in this game, as both teams have uh, recently announced that um, the starters will not see the field and we are getting Darnold versus Wentz. Yeah, dude, this in the bizarro world, those cats lived up to their draft status. Yeah. and It's a battle between the first and third overall quarterbacks drafted in the 2016. It's Insane. crazy, dude. Yeah, it is not for long, but um, I don't really want to see the Rams again. And I would love to see them sit in that six seed with a potential matchup with Detroit in the first round. Stafford and Goff. That is a freaking storyline. That's right. Let's see. Hopefully that thing happens. Ooh, tasty. That's got. Yeah, it's got plenty of meat on the bones there. Stafford versus Goff mm -hmm. and the trade to get rid of Goff Ooh. out of Los Angeles. Right. Mm -hmm. All right, up next, Casey, it is the Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Commanders. Cowboys are favored by 13. Yeah, dude, the commodes have been flushed and have lost seven games in a row. They currently have the second pick in next year's draft. They're also most likely looking for a new head coach, too. The yep. vibes are all bad in the nation's capital, but their hatred for Dallas runs deep. With a win, Riverboat Ron could stick it to the man as the Durs could drop to around sixth or seventh pick from that second one. That's not good if you're looking at drafting one of the two top quarterbacks coming into the NFL. Now, the boys control their own destiny, a win, and they lock up the two seed in at least one home game where they've been very good, actually undefeated this year. They can still lock up the two with a Philly loss, but to hell with that, Dave. Go beat a team willing to take an L, play clean, play mistake-free, and take this team's pride and go into the playoffs feeling confident, dude. Don't mess around. Let's get it going, man. Yeah. The uh, only guy that stands in in the Cowboys' way, Howell, who's going to get the start in this one, Casey. And he wouldn't 
wouldn't mind if the draft pick went from two to five or six, right? And they got, yeah. oh, so far away from one of those top-notch quarterback prospects coming out. He's played pretty well. Um, but at this point, if they stick with that second overall pick, I can't imagine them saying that his performance was worthy to pass mm -hmm. on one of those players. So a lot on the line, as you mentioned, Riverboat Ron uh, would have to basically pull a rabbit out of his hat to save his job at this point in time. Uh, a new owner there with lots uh, of money coming out of his pockets, certainly going to look to uh, reinvent that franchise and uh, get the commanders back to the good old days of Washington football. The, yeah, and those, those turds beat the Cowboys last year in week 18 when they didn't have anything to play for, but it feels all bad in Washington right now. So Yeah, and the Cowboys just got to take care of business, roll over the commanders, start resting guys in the second half, and get ready for a big-time playoff run. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm stoked for that, and I'm stoked for this one, too. Sunday Night Football, the last regular season game of 2023. We're talking the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Dave, Bills three-point favorites. This is a rematch from week four when the Bills put a 48-20 beatdown on these fins. Remember the week after uh, Miami beat Denver 70-20? to They were on their way to the Super Bowl. Bills beat them down there. This is going to be a good game, dude. Lots and lots on the line for these guys. Yeah, this is an absolutely huge game. That is why the NFL wisely uh, stuck this one into the evening slot on Sunday for Sunday night football. The Dolphins had won five of the last six, but they're coming off a blowout loss to the Ravens, 56 to 19, pounded. Right? At 11 and five, they have clinched a playoff berth, and they're currently the two seed. A win would prefer that pre preserve that seeding, but a loss and they would lose the division, and that would drop them to the sixth seed and road games likely throughout the playoffs. So enormous, enormous uh, at stake, a quantity at stake here. This has been one of the most exciting and prolific <clears throat> offenses that the Dolphins have, have put on the field all season long, right? But they are banged up, and not having some key pieces on offense like Waddle is questionable going into this one. Mostert questionable going into this one. They weren't there last week. And it really does change when you don't have your stars out there, what you're capable of doing, right? It ruined my fantasy uh, chance too, but I, but I digress. And they're also out a couple of big time players on defense. Jalen Phillips, we mentioned I on IR. Uh, Bradley Chubb will be out on this one. Xavier Howard is doubtful for this one. So they're down a boatload of players and in their, you know, the biggest game of the season. Everything has led up to this point. And yeah, I mean, they've got their playoff berth, but do you want to get, do you want to let the Bills in? That's the big question. Yeah, dude. And these Bills have riven from the ashes, dude. One, four in a row have come from out of the playoffs to just one win away from the two seed. A home game would be good because these Bills, three and four away from the protection of the Bills mafia. Josh Allen will make you laugh and cry, but it might be the Dolphins crying on Sunday. Josh Allen, 9-2 and two in the regular season against the Dolphins. In those 11 games, he's averaging over three touchdowns per game, 273 passing, and only has five interceptions, 110.8 passer rating since 2018. Uh, Josh Allen's 34 touchdowns thrown against Miami, that includes the playoffs, are the most by any quarterback versus a single opponent. He also has multiple touch, uh, multiple passing touchdowns in 12 straight games against the Dolphins. 
That is the longest streak by a QB versus one opponent in NFL history. When I'm telling you Josh Allen likes to play the Dolphins, I'm telling you Josh Allen likes to play the Dolphins. In 11 <laughs> regular season games versus Miami, the Bills averaging 34 points a game, over 411 yards in offense, and have scored touchdowns on 78.6% of their trips into the red zone. Wow. They are just dominating these fence. Oh, yeah, and by the way, they're plus eight in turnover margin in those games. And on defense, the Bills have allowed just over 19 points a game and only 34% conversion on third down, throw in 19 takeaways and over three sacks a game. They kicked the shit out of the Dolphins, dude. So you mentioned how banged up they are. It is not looking good for Miami in this game. If there is a bright spot for the Dolphins, they did beat the Bills in their last matchup on Miami, but that was all the way back in September of 2022. So that was a season ago. If the Bills do lose, they would also have hoped and needed the Steelers to have lost on Saturday, which they'll know before this game, or have the Jags lose on Sunday. Why leave it to chance? Josh Allen needs to go out and ball out. Bills Mafia, let's break some tables, baby, okay? <laughs> this is going to be a good one. Wow. Uh, that certainly is a disparity there. So Vic Fangio and that Dolphins defense have got to step it up and slow down Josh Allen in this one. But the Dolphins offense has obviously got to get back into that rhythm. I don't know how many of those guys are going to be able to go in this one. But, man, get yourself taped up, shot up, whatever it is. This is it, man. Get out there and, uh, you know, take care of this game and take care of your division opponent. Man, it is uh, it is a huge game, Dave. NFL does it right, baby. Mm, love it. It is going to be a monstrous NFL weekend, week 18, Casey, in the NFL. It has officially slipped away, as has the time on this particular episode of the Trend Zone. Folks, so many ways you could check out the football dudes. The Trend Zone now available for subscription, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Instagram and Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. And make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Or go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Casey, I'm Dave. Enjoy the final week of the NFL regular season. We are out of here.